ready? I think so. My Welcome. Oh, man. Yeah. Try it again. Get nervous. Get nervous now. Welcome, one and all, again. <laughs> Good start. But you go that. pro. It's a lot easier when it was. Yeah. Amateur hour. Amateurs. All right. I, I also miss when we used to clap. We all had to clap in unison. That was yeah. That we felt can still like a clap. Good, that felt like a good team building. Let's do it. Let's do it. Good luck. Three, two, one. Where were you? You said one anyway. The, yeah. The, the three, two, one is supposed to be the pace you're setting. Yeah. And you go three, two, one. <laughs> it's like you wait another three seconds no oh now i remember how we stopped doing this because we <laughs> it starts fighting well, this is team building <laughs> you're listening to kapow the pop culture podcast comics television movies and more if it impacts fan culture we have something to say about it and now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Welcome, one and all, to a brand new episode of Kapow, the Pop Culture Podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. I was going to say another name, but it was an eternal spoiler. Oh, yeah, don't do that. I haven't seen it yet. Too bad. You're going to have to just sink back into the dark here. So. Right. <laughs> I wonder if that'll work. I, this is for our video. Yeah, so kinda... that's... Cliff had the lights go out, so we thanks all the thank you to all the patrons that are keeping who are the currently, lights on. Yeah. Currently funding right. uh, Cliff's electric bill. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he bought these fancy new lights that t- change color and pulse and and make it magical, and they just they just went out. They changed they, color. Yeah, the black. Yeah, not happy. But uh, the show must go on. And uh, guys, mm-hmm. I thought I'd bring this up. I went on a trip last week, had a day off of work, and oh. uh, since uh, the last episode, you were talking about going to Columbus. So this time, I went to Columbus. Yeah, I'm going tomorrow. And um, headed up to Columbus, wanted to do some shopping, hit, hit a Target, had some lunch. And then we uh, we headed to downtown Columbus. What'd you have a Target to eat? Well, I didn't eat a Target. But <laughs> oh, I went to Target, then I like... had lunch. Oh, went to Target, had some lunch, yeah. what I heard. <laughs> and then we went downtown to the store I'd heard about and uh, never been to before. And it's called Big Fun. in downtown Columbus. <laughs> I like it already. Insert Riverdale music number. Oh, I'm glad you played this, Cliff. I know. <laughs> it was really my inspiration that kind of made me want to go after hearing that. You know. <laughs> now you have to time it up to what I said. <laughs> so this is a uh, this is a retro toy store 
down there or up there, I should say up down there. And, uh, I didn't know what to expect exactly. Um, we have kind of a local one of those here, but, but I, I kept seeing some YouTube videos where, you know, some, uh, some vloggers kept visiting these stores and, uh, across the country and then found out Columbus had one. And I thought, well, I want to go check this out. And, uh, so, Alicia, Carly, and I uh, went, and um, it's pretty awesome. Had a great time, great experience. Um, it's not How a big real, is it? It's not a real big store, mm. to the point where, and that's kind of what it's almost overwhelming, because yeah. they have inventory stacked from the floor to a pretty high ceiling, and I mean, and there's just there's so much stuff there. I, I walked in, I was like, I immediately, I didn't know where to even like focus. I couldn't focus attention just because every like little yeah. inch of the store had something I want to look at. And, um, I'm already claustrophobic just thinking about that. Like, well, that's... I tell you, it, 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 I think it stays pretty busy. Cause there were a lot of people in there for, oh. we were, we were in there like a Thursday afternoon mm. and there's quite a few employees there. Um, so you kind of like, you know, there was a lot of that, you know, Ohio, whoop, let me, let me get by you there. Uh, uh, <laughs> a lot of that yeah. happening. And uh, once I kind of got in there and just like, I just wanted to take my time with it. Uh-huh. And uh, because there was so much stuff that I, you know, a lot of the stuff I've even never seen in person or I've only seen it in a catalog or somebody else's collection. You just see Cliff like, Shaking oh. some action figure, saying like, "I'm so happy to meet you, sir." <laughs> well, immediately right in the door, like I walk in the door and I turn to my right, and there's this showcase, and it's full of like uh, classic 1970s Mego toys. Because I even took a picture of it, and I sent you pick you guys a picture of the Fonz. They had the Fonz right out in front of the of the case. I mean, it was just jam packed full and I turned around and I mean, I look up and they have, they have vintage star Wars, millennium Falcons, X wings, tie fighters, everything slave one, everything you can think of. They've got them suspended. Nope. Where That's I mean, they're canceled. for sale. They're for no. sale, <laughs> but just, I think fire spray, <laughs> fire spray. But they, you know, they're hanging on fishing line everywhere, and then like, there's just cases of classic masters of the universe, and uh, and they hide Ewoks everywhere around the store. And if you find uh, an Ewok, I did find. I, I found a pack. I found a two pack of from like 2007 that I'd seen a bunch of times on eBay. That's not exactly a cheap set, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna pick this up. So we looked around, looked around, and there was just so much to see. And then I finally got to like the back corner and came around the corner because they had a bunch of the the DC um, Kenner superpowers in a case. So I was kind of looking at that stuff and I come around the corner and like, boom, I hit the Star Wars, the vintage Star Mm. Wars figure. They've got Black Series too, but like they had just about a full collection of vintage. And they were all in really good shape and they had a real nice display. So I was just like immediately like, I'm just taking it all in, you know, and (laughs) they've got stuff in there that 
that was, is older than I am in Star Wars. Why did you pay to go to Disney when you could have just gone here? <laughs> I know. Well, get a hotel room in Columbus. Yeah. I, get I don't a park think... hopper pass. You can go to the store however many times you want in a I, day. I, I, I got a feeling on like day three or four, they've probably been like, mm, this guy's pretty sus. But... <laughs> <laughs> is that guy still in here? Yeah. Yeah. So why does he keep coming in looking at these Star Wars collections? Um, but anyways, no, they had some really cool, super vintage um, pieces from like the Sears catalog, Land of the Jawas playset. There was a Hoth playset. The you know these were the cardboard playsets. Really cool stuff. So I was kind of looking at some of the figures and this and that, and like I mean they are just stacked. And then they have like some still in boxes and original boxes, and they're just stacked up. And I was just like, oh my god. So I'm asking about some prices and stuff. And anyways. Uh, the staff was super great, super helpful. Just drop it, whatever they were doing. Um, if you needed a price or wanted to look at something. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, my wife, I was kind of looking around, looking around to the Star Wars stuff, kept going back to it. My wife says to me, finally, she's like, why don't you just get something? And I'm, you know me, I'm like, no, no, no. I got to think about it for six months and then it's gone before I'll pull the trigger on anything. So anyways, she's like, well, let's just get this early birthday present. So came home with some stuff, got a, uh, got a complete 83 return of the Jedi Ewok village, um, store threw in an extra figure in there and gave me a pack of like jaws two cards for some reason. I, I still don't know why the guy was just like, Hey, let me see if I got some stuff around here to hand you. Yeah. Hey, when you get something like that, looks like that has survived a long amount of time, and you have no interest in, and you're like, I don't want to be the person that throws this away. Yeah. But seriously, ugh. yeah, yeah, like I, I'm like, what am I ever gonna do with this big old stack of yeah. vintage Jaws two cards? I was uh, like, oh, okay. otherwise known as the back room at my store, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> boxes right. and piles of stuff I can't bring yeah. myself. So you should just put it out in a thing for free. You should just start. Yeah, spend fifty bucks. You get a, you get a whatever. Fifty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'd so, just be like, here, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want to set any uh, any kind of expectations, but um, but yeah, no, it was great. I want to go back because I feel like I'm sure their inventory constantly changes, but I, I just felt like, man, I could spend really spend some time in here. Um, so definitely want to go back. I will go back, but yeah, pretty cool trip. I'm super excited. I got the Ewok village here, put a bunch of Ewoks on it and, uh, and everything. So yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Sweet. That's awesome. They They should become sponsors of our show. Yeah. We could say nice things about them. That's right. Much like, much like, we'll say nice things about a, a brand new patron jumped in this week, made the jump from the old patron account to Patreon. So thank you, Mr. Justin Lowe, formerly Silver Level patron Justin Lowe. I don't know what he is now. It's some he, new classification. He's gold. He's gold. He he's... He finally made it to gold. Well, gold, yeah. There's always platinum. And palladium, of course. Palladium. <laughs> but you gotta mine that. You gotta that's like right. you gotta go underground. Oh, yeah, it, that's just Yeah. That's a pipe dream. Well, it's a pipe dream. 
So thank you a ton. Yes, thanks. For your support. And whatever you want to do, you got an idea for a show? Well, we I've already in? told I I've told said off air like 10 times yeah. two episodes that mm-hmm. we've already got lined up for him to be on, but we never get around to doing it. <laughs> We'll get there. But, we'll get there. But, but yeah, I'm, yeah we'll have to, we don't want to spoil them, though, because right. we, we just need to let him know privately what the two things he should be preparing. <laughs> but, yeah, I like this pattern, though. Like, every time we, we sit down to record, we've got, like, a new patron now. so Or an old patron that's converted over, I guess I should say. So I can't wait to see in two weeks who, who else is going to join the party on Patreon. Oh, yeah, come walking in. It could be you, or you, or you. And we also love, even if you're not a patient, we love participation. I want to give a shout out to Derek for leaving a comment a while back. But Facebook is garbage. So I got a notification that Derek commented on a post we made, and then I couldn't get to it. Mm. When you go to your uh, business page or whatever, there's some new format that sends you to some... Thing and it, it gives you a list of comments that have been made and there was no link to it. But in the email it showed he commented uh, Coach Mayer sounds like a name from Riverdale. I was like, what a great comment. But I couldn't find it to like it or thank him for that. But We saw it though. Yeah. We saw yes, so it. Do, we, we got, Jesse gave us a comment just like yeah, I just less than an hour ago. I'll read it here. He said, very much enjoyed the Midnight Mass discussion in our last episode. Absolutely agree. Hamish deserves something for what he did in there. I don't know why, but his dialogue delivery seems so real and powerful to me. We agree. We agree. And man, that scene where the choir is at full volume at the apex of the song and then abruptly goes silent. Chills. So good. I, did, I listened back to our midnight mass discussion also i thought that was good except i was so excited i I don't think i barely let jordan say anything every time he started i like uh i know i have a bad habit of just talking over i'm afraid i'm going to forget what i was going to say so i I don't i I once you you hit advanced age that you are right yeah (laughs) just gotta let me go off yeah well the the funny thing is is like because I edit the episodes mm. and some of those discussions I'm like, it's, it can be really hard to like find a stopping, like a stopping point to in, input some kind of audio in there. So sometimes I'll just yeah. let it go because I'm just like, eh, it's, you know, it's not going to do anything for it. So just, yeah, I just let you go. <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah. If you're, if your one friend there, Jordan liked it, who was it she was asking? Uh, it was Tiffany. Yeah. So, yeah, good. Thanks, Jesse, for letting us know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I re listened to that, our review of last night in Soho, just cringing that I didn't explain myself at all the way I, it, what was in my brain did not come out of my mouth. Right. I'm not going to get back into it, dig in my <laughs> hole any deeper. <laughs> oh god that just that just happens sometimes <laughs> with all of us all right so we've all seen some movies here recently so let's uh let's talk a few movies save martha puny god i'm just a kid from brooklyn i'm batman kneel before the sun 
Under Ruth! You said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> so you did see uh, Eternals, Jordan? I did, yes. Cliff did not. Yes. That's okay, though. Go ahead. Yeah, no, on it's not okay unless we say it's okay. <laughs> you can't you can't absolve yourself. It's not how it works. Tuesday six dollar movie. Mm. So I shouldn't complain about the conditions, but I might. Yeah. <laughs> you went to marry the guy having the the guy having the coughing fit through the entire second act. I had to keep getting up and leaving. He was coughing so much. Made me oh. feel real comfortable. Yeah. Mm. Good. But yeah, so a what, little bit, a yeah. little behind the scenes of how this sausage gets made. Like, there's things like this movie that fall. This movie opened on a day we recorded, right? So only Seth had seen it. Actually, Thursday, I guess it opened Thursday nights. So we recorded on a Friday, so neither of us had seen it. Right. So by the time two week, you know, then two weeks yeah. go by till we record again, and it'll be another week for editing. So like, it feels like old news already, but. A lot of you might be waiting for Disney Plus, so we we won't spend too much time on it, and we won't spoil it either. So, yeah, I I thought it was fine. I, some people have really bashed it. Some people have really praised it. I was somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Enjoyed yeah, it well totally enough. in the middle. Oh, it's hmm. a little. I I think I liked it better than it looked like it was going to be to me. So I was like, ah, this was better. You know, I expected not good. Um, I like the. Uh, what did you think of the? Let's just jump right to the very end. The character popping in at the very end. Well, let me complain again for being spoiled for that. <gasps> Thanks to Bleeding Cool. Oh. Saturday morning. The movie opens on a Friday. Saturday morning, there were two articles. Just who is blank right. anyway? Yeah. With a picture of a character. Wow. And it didn't say Eternals, it didn't say, you know, but it was obvious what the context right, was yeah. of people like, wait, who is this person who popped it? So I, I literally have not been back to Bleeding Pool since that happened. Not I that dropped I, them a long time ago. This movie was not precious to me in any way. It didn't yeah. spoil yeah. or ruin the movie for me. But like to, to put an article like that less than 24 hours after the movie comes out is, well, they're not really, it's not really journalism anyway, but it's, yeah. that's bad form to me. So I just stopped going to Bleeding Pool. Oh yeah. Well, I had it spoiled also, and I haven't even seen the movie because <laughs> by by the weekend I was flipping through TikTok at work one day and mm. and the entire scene, both both credit wow. scenes had been posted. So I was just like, well, so much for that. Can't go <laughs> to bleeding cool. Can't go to TikTok. Where are you safe? <laughs> both the both the the main characters from both those scenes you know, that were you know mm-hmm. kind of revealed there they. Those are both, and that's like in the first 10 issues of Avengers that I, when I started reading, you know, Avengers comics. Yeah, that's so definitely a very specific era. <laughs> yes, that is exact. And it's exactly when I started reading comics. Yeah, so I'm just yeah. like, I was like, wow, just for me, just, I was just like, this is so perfect. So that was pretty great. Anyway, yeah, we're just I talking about stuff. Nobody knows we're talking. I, I wasn't spoiled that. It was 157 minutes long. I had it's not long. heard that. It's long. So, yeah, over two and a half hours. I and it felt it. 
yeah. it had some real slow moments. Yeah. Um, and I saw that like the director Chloe Zhao had she referenced westerns and like the seventies revisionist westerns. Like you know, there had been westerns for thirty years and they were all kind of cookie cutter. And she she thought superheroes are in that same vein now. There's been so many of them. There's such a formula. We're so familiar. Now it's time to start doing revisionist takes on superheroes. And that that sounds good, but I didn't I don't know that I felt that in this movie. It didn't change the game in any sort of meaningful way. It kind of like it made their morality a little more complicated and it wasn't all black and white of what their motives were, but that didn't that doesn't translate to better or more interesting. Yeah. Similarly, I had mentioned a couple weeks ago that one of the characters isn't there there in the climax and yeah, yeah. and I and I was like I listened to an interview where she explained why and it's just very very briefly said in the movie and she explained this really good explanation I was like that's not in your movie at all like yeah, he just kind of pieces peace out of yeah and I, I'm just <laughs> I like that's, I was like I wish that was in the movie what you're yeah. saying uh, I don't know and how is the and how how is the uh, person that is the Flash not named Fastos? <laughs> the very Justice League team we had. Yes, yes. Hmm. Well, I guess oh. my, my my biggest problem, and I don't think it's too spoilerly, is involving these Celestials. Every time there was some image, I'm thinking. 10 steps ahead, how do you do Galactus now? Mm -hmm. When you have a celestial bigger than a planet and like this epic grand cosmic scale, like what, then what, like I've been waiting for Galactus. Like we've all been waiting for Galactus and now Galactus is like gotta be something different now. I don't know. Not not a cloud. He's a cloud. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Well, um hmm. so <laughs> oh i really want to say something <laughs> what's the brian tyree what's his last name Byron Hen- green or huh brian tyree henry henry that's it he was he played um he was fast right yes. yeah yeah I thought that you know they had had some representation of a male couple, and that was pretty neat. <laughs> Except there was one part where where he I was like, I'm just like, oh, what this great representation, and then at one point, it shows that he blames himself for like one of the most terrible things. <laughs> I was like, this is not great representation. <laughs> I was like to blame this all on him, like. I, Oh, okay. Enough cryptic talk. What else did you guys see? I saw just last night. I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. I remember Revelations. And I looked as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. Judgment Day. I'm calling about what happened in New York. There hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. 
What is happening here? His grandfather was a Ghostbuster. Something was coming and he knew it. I think we opened the gates of hell. Hey, have you missed us? Oh, good. Something else nobody's seen. Something else nobody's seen. That's all right. I don't don't, don't don't want to say it for anybody, but um, I I was just, you know, Jordan was talking about his theater experience, and this was the first time we'd been to, uh, we we went to the mall, the Regal Theater. Mm, um, Regal Beagle. Yeah, over in Parkersburg. And Alicia and I did just by ourselves, and this is, we quickly realized how long it had been. I'm gonna knock on my door. Since we, uh, since we've been there. waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, things are a little different there. They were. Uh, it was almost a little awkward just because they've done a good job with like the touchless everything for the most part. You know, you buy you can you pretty much buy your tickets online, pick your seats out, um, so you can pick them out to you know try your best not to really sit around anybody if possible. And um, so we went hers through. Hers and hers and his. Back in your seat. And, uh, but it was kind of awkward because we were, I guess, you know, we, I have gotten used to the Marietta Theater and like in their lobby, you can get your, get your popcorn if you want it or a drink. And then as you wait for your theater to go in, they have little tables out there. You can kind of lean on, set your stuff down, you know, whatever. Well, they don't have this there, so we were just kind of we we got our stuff, and then we were just like, uh, the guys the guy said, "Hey, I just want to let you know, there's not really any time between when when one showing ends and the and the other one starts." He's like, "There there's not enough time for like to go in and clean up and and stuff." He said, "So we can't let you in until about ten minutes before the movie starts." I was like okay and then we had all our stuff and we had a little bit of time i was like what are we supposed to do with our stuff because there's nowhere to set it there's you know you can't even sit down wow it's just standing room only. it was very what, how what time how much were you gonna have to wait uh we had at least probably 15 15 uh-huh. 20 just minutes go over to zales try on <laughs> some rings with the buttery fingers and yeah. just kill some time <laughs> um so we ended up i just we kind of walked up to like what would be the regular ticket booth that nobody was manning and just kind of, there was a ledge there. Cause they've kind of redone some of right. it with counters and stuff. And then when you actually get in, um, cause they just scan your, you know, your QR code, mm-hmm. uh, went right in and I immediately noticed the hallway was kind of redone new carpet, uh, some new wall coverings and stuff. Um, it looked nicer. It was a little brighter. So I was like, Oh, it looks kind of different. That's cool. Whatever. Anyways, we go in, sit down, realize, you know, we were kind of talking about, oh, it's been like two years since we've been here. And because uh, Alicia's like, oh, I forgot they had the recliner chairs and this and that. I was like, yeah, cool. This ought to be good. Because the movie, we would looked it up and it was going to be, I think it was a little over two hours. um, Like 124 minutes or something like that. So plus previews, you know, you're going to be there for a while. But so everything was good as far as that goes. But I got to tell you. The whole place like smelled like one big fart. Mm. Like, I was just like, oh, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was my. I was just like, can't we do There's something they strange you. in this neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyway, we got, don't call us. <laughs> we got to the movie. I'm not going to give any of it away. Um, it's directed by Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman's son. Um, we talk about working, working, uh, moms, working moms, uh, <laughs> had a brain fart there for a minute. Uh, working moms, Catherine Reitman. Uh, I was joking. I just, I thought I was trying to find a clever answer no. to working and you really were. Yes. That's working. where I was going. Catherine Reitman would be, uh, uh, Ivan Reitman's other child. Uh, so her brother directed this movie. Um, it's all, it's, it was kind of appropriate because it's like all about family and legacy and, you know, having the son of the original director come back to do this one was pretty cool. Um, but as for the movie itself, it was super nostalgic, um, in a good way. It, it was a lot of fun. And uh, the girl, McKenna Grace, who plays Phoebe, is the, she, she is the star of this movie. Like, she's going to be something, I'm telling you. She was so great in this part. Um, Are you saying there's a lady Ghostbuster? There is a lady <laughs> Ghostbuster. There might be a couple lady Ghostbusters, but... You lost me. But... Um, this movie is better than Ghostbusters. Egon doesn't like a lady Ghostbuster. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie is better than Ghostbusters 2. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. Whoa. It, it made that monstrosity of a few years ago with the lady Ghostbusters. It made that thing laughable. And like, why did you waste money making? I thought, why did you waste money making that movie when you could have made this movie? a few years before, but, um, uh, they did one, you know, it's got some cameos in it. Um, a little bit more than cameos. This is about Egon's grandchildren. We know that from the trailer. Um, and they, it's a great reboot rebooting of the franchise. That's all I'm going to say. They bring a lot. They take a lot from that first movie. Um, bring a lot of that. Most of that stuff back. It's a different place setting. Um, we're not in New York anymore, but um, none of that matters. They did an excellent job of, of retelling some of that story and giving it some history from the original movies with, you know, in the, with new characters from the future. So um, it's got McKenna Grace, uh, Finn Wolfhard, uh, Logan, Logan, yeah, Logan Kim. Um, he plays a character named Podcast, and um, he's great in it. He's a kid. He's great in it. Uh, very funny. And then, uh, of course, Paul Rudd is kind of the you know he's the name of the of the of the cast. Um, and he was fine. I can't. Yeah, I. I wish I really wanted to see this movie. It's like I've watched. I've seen the trailer a couple times and it's just like when he's like in the store making faces, like looking at the marshmallow yeah. guys or whatever, I'm just like, that looks so bad. And that is such a small part of that movie. Uh, okay. Um, which, I, 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 it, you've made me more interested, in, but yeah. there, like, I feel, I feel like somebody reviewed it and they did not like it, but they said, did say the same thing you said about McKenna Grace being really good in it. And that she's been around for a while, you know, yeah, she's, I'm, 
I'm glad I believe that she's always been, you know, come off yeah. like a good child actor. So I'm, I, so I see that she's getting better and everything, but it's like, I don't know. I wish I was more interested. I, I'll just say that if you like go the original, Ghost I don't want to suffer for two hours. No, if you, if you like the original ghostbusters at all, you're going to like this movie. It's not perfect. It doesn't. Have, I love the original Ghostbusters, yeah. but I don't. Fit. That's not what I see when I see the preview. <laughs> it's it's um. I I honestly felt like they cut some stuff out. You know, it's already two hours. It really felt mm. like it could have a little. It could have been a little bit longer to me, and wow. they could have filled some more stuff in because I mean it's pretty action packed and like keeps the story moving along at a at a good pace. Mm but I still felt like, Oh, you could have established this a little better or, but on the other hand, they use, they did a wonderful job of using like those, that Gus, that ghostbuster, like those sounds from the yeah. movie, the, those not the, yeah. the soundtrack itself, but just, you know, the, the little, the music, the score of it yeah, just was on point. Like I, I was just like, it gave me all the feels just hearing the, yeah, at the perfect point, just playing those themes again. I was just like, oh, oh my gosh, this is great. So, Well, that's good news. Good news, everybody. <laughs> yes. Yes or no? Ray Parker Jr.? Did we get a Ray Parker you Jr.? You know we got Ray Parker Jr. Did we get oh, Ray Parker Jr.? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had no doubt about that. Yeah. There's, there's some other stuff in there that um, if you haven't if you only saw the first trailer and just left it at that, you're going to be great. Um, if you didn't see the last trailer, it might've given a little bit away, but, uh, there was some surprising like baddies in it too. So I really like that, but yeah, it, it, I really highly enjoyed it. Um, Alicia and I, she loved it too. We both were like, it, it ended. We sat through the credits. Um, there is a mid credit scene. And, uh, uh, we, we, we just like, we're both sitting there and everybody's kind of getting up. I was like, man, that was fun. She goes, that was fun. And I was like, that's all I want in a movie. Just, you know, entertain me for a couple hours and, and make it fun. And they did it. Cool. <laughs> you watch something else, Jordan? Uh, just a couple of streaming movies. Uh, big one dropped on Netflix. Red notice. Special agent, John Hartley, FBI been tracking your scores for a while now every city every heist now that you've been tagged with red notices you've become the world's most wanted criminals and i'm the only one who can bring you in Where'd you get that jacket? It's a statement piece. Somewhere there's a very nude cow whispering. Worth it. Looking for something specific or just browsing? You're under arrest. Oh my God. Read the room. Girls will keep the secrets. You want to arrest me? I just want the egg. Yeah, I don't see me watching this. 
This had a $200 million budget. The biggest Netflix has done for a single movie so far. Well, then it must be good. Had Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Reynold Reynolds, and Gal Gadot <laughs> as three... I, I, I said this... It felt kind of rare of like... This was just one of those movies where... There's a bunch of movie stars, and they're doing what people love them, uh, love about them. Ryan Reynolds is, you know, yucking it up. Dwayne Johnson is doing the action. Rocking Gal it Gadot, up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gal Gadot is doing her, you know, it up. Her sultry sort of action hero thing. And it's like people love these aspects of these actors, and they're going to give it to you for two hours. But it was very Netflixy. There's a, several. I mean, it's set. It's a globe-spanning crime caper kind of thing. But there's a lot of green screen and some really cheap-looking. For 200 million, there's some fairly cheap-looking effects. I enjoyed it well enough for a Netflix movie. Like I said, just sit down and watch it for a while. There's a few good moments of like, you know, he the, jumps in the car and we're gonna have this amazing chase scene and like somebody crashes into the side of him and it, like it does it like subvert some of the action cliches a little bit in some clever ways and i think dwayne johnson's funny i'm sorry to be, i'm kind of sick of ryan reynolds oh i was just like, gonna say you were like saying how we got what ryan reynolds does i was yeah. like yes i'm so sick yeah, of him playing that same character in everything now. Yeah, I he after, used to he used yeah. to do things. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, no, <laughs> but no. he used to do <laughs> other things. And as soon as he did Deadpool, that's all we get is Deadpool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a bunch of pop culture references and and quick little snarky things. I'm like, wow, I kind of just want him to shut up for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's fine. It's it's not terrible. It'll it'll be somewhere in the middle of my list next year for for movies. Oh, year. that's pretty good actually. That's a, uh, oh. and, uh, but yeah, like I, it just as an action movie, it, it was a it was a fun movie. Okay. Um, and the other the other one I good watched news. A, new, <laughs> a new documentary in the Music Box series from HBO. We all enjoyed that the Woodstock '99 documentary yeah. that they did this is the second in the series is called jagged it is about alanis morissette recording jagged little pill in 1995 which sold 33 million copies they had a stat at one point like one in every 10 americans owned a copy of this it was so... I, I it's i love that album yeah, i love it I, to death i still it's listen so, to it it's I, yeah i do too <laughs> I, it's so funny because a friend of mine just couple months ago was over here we were talking and he I mean, he's a metalhead or whatever but i was like something came up about our fame our favorite albums we were like what, what what's your top five fa- mm-hmm. five favorite albums we both sat there and thought and that was in that was one of his top i was one of the first ones he named was jagged i mean it's the last thing you would have expected him to say and i was oh, like man. it's definitely in my top 20 like i i love that album also so yeah, after after watching this, it, it, I is in my car right now. I had to listen, I had to, listen to it this morning yeah. on the way to work. I can't yeah, wait to footage, watch that. There's yeah. archival footage of like big sweaty dudes in the front row. Like yeah. other hand is tailing a taxi cab, yeah, and then like head banging and like you know it was. It's not like little affair. It's, it was you know it, right, it was right. aimed at at women, but you know it, yeah, the crowds yeah. were massive. 
I'm a little yes, disappointed. I didn't know this had come out this week. Oh, it I've been waiting on it to come out. out. I yeah. I didn't think it was out yet. Honestly, I can't wait to watch it. I Except, watched it the day it dropped just so I could make sure to mention it. On is the, this the one though that I felt like there was some controversy? In the I had heard in the last few weeks where she wasn't, she didn't approve some something that was coming out about her, and she, I don't remember um, whether it's this one or not. I, yeah, I remember seeing some headlines about that, but she the top she is interviewed throughout the whole like you see more of her than anyone yeah. else. So she she's definitely telling her story. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, this was it's the twelfth best selling album ever, and the second best by a female artist after. Anybody know? Okay, what? Hmm. Female artist? Best selling female artist album. Taylor Swift. Britney Spears. Well, up to this point. Like Adele, is that maybe outsold it now by now? And there, there's a few, but up until 1995. Oh. Woman up until 1995. Yeah, Madonna's a pretty good guess. Yeah. Now, Whitney Houston. Yes, Bodyguard soundtrack. Whitney Houston. Yeah. Boom. We've said that before, so I knew it was it. It's like I know he's asking us for a reason. We have brought this up, yeah. but yeah, it, it's interesting. Again, I, I I haven't thought about her in a while, and I you know, but I you know, I knew every word of that album. I you know, everyone I know owned it, yeah. and it's it's a good look back. Like there's some footage of her as like a teen pop, you know, the you can't do that on yeah. television mm-hmm. era when she was like 12. Right. And then when she's about 15, she's the mall, you know, big permed hair singing about boys, you know, yeah. like a teeny. Yeah. Debbie Gibson. Tiffany. Yeah. Debbie Gibson. Yeah. yeah. And then at some point she didn't want to do that anymore. And her record label's like, no, do the thing that people like you doing. She's like, I don't want to do that. So it's about her kind of breaking out. But, you know, when she hit, she was like 21. She was a kid still. And so there's some interesting footage and they talked to her bandmates, one of whom was uh, uh, Taylor Hawkins, who went on to be in the Foo Fighters. Uh-huh. And he's t- talking about this, like his first big tour and all the stuff they got up to on tour. So, again, it's interesting footage and it's it's interesting to hear her as a, you know, a more mature right. <laughs> voice yeah. now looking back on her the, having this insane experience when she's very, very young. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. Sounds good. Good news. Uh, I, did you, Seth, did you happen, you have a Apple Plus, right? Yeah. Did you watch that new Tom Hanks movie, Finch? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I watched that th- just the other night. It was, I liked it. Um, I'm not sure why, but... It was <laughs> it was fine. Yeah, it, 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 it had some castaway... Yeah, well, I don't. I don't like to say that. I've heard people say that, and I'm just like, Castaway's in my top 100. Like this doesn't touch Castaway. Castaway is a great movie. Finch is a weak facsimile of that type of thing. But I don't know. I thought that robot sounded like Borat. Let's like it did at first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I the I wrote down it was Caleb Landry Jones. Yeah, Caleb Landry Jones. He's yeah, I can't remember what else he was in. He was in something. He was recently. Banshee on X Men in X Men. Yeah, well, I'm trying. To th- he's been live action stuff also, but no, he's a good actor. But he yeah. did a fine job. It was just, it was just, I, a lot of just like he said that one. Red Nose was Netflixy. This was Appley. Just yeah. not nothing feels when it seems like whenever people make 
these movies for these streaming services, they're just not quite the quality of something that makes the theater. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. d- never feels quite like yeah. they spent enough time on the story, even just even the writing. You know, yeah, it's like, it, it, it doesn't, doesn't come through. Yeah. Yeah, I spent the first half of the movie just trying to understand what in the world, he, you know, was the cause of of this. Well, I was, I yeah, I was post. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be like, okay, what's my what? What's the thing? Was this after nuclear war? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. just it's climate change. But it's just yeah, climate change. And that, those were interesting things. Mm-hmm. But it's basically yeah. just like uh, yeah, I don't know. Guy it, it is. I won't say. Yeah, kind of robot and a dog. <laughs> it was fine. So not much to say about it. It's Tom Hanks. He's a treasure. Like, I watched yeah, it I, because I still enjoy watching Tom Hanks. That was it. I was just like, oh, yeah. it's Tom Hanks. Like I'm gonna watch this. Yeah. So and and it, and he yeah. was good enough that I was like, yeah, okay, it was fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so I watched that. Uh, watched over on the Disney Plus side. Speaking of streaming, I finally got to watch Jungle Cruise came out on disney plus day uh november the 12th so um i've been waiting to see that because i didn't want to pay to see it because i wasn't really sure that it was going to be any good but this was uh the rock and emily blunt and um so one of their their latest disney attraction movies you know based off jungle cruise the ride and Mm -hmm. i thought it was pretty good it wasn't really in a way i didn't know what to expect but they didn't just hit you in the face with you know oh this is from the ride it was a little bit more subtle i felt and and worked into the story a little better than some you know than some of their attraction movies can be um and he was fine emily blunt's pretty good in it um, there was some backlash when this thing came out because they changed gender of Trader Sam to a woman, and one of the main characters is uh, is gay without them saying he's gay. Uh, they got some backlash backlash from the usuals on that, but but overall it was pretty good. Um, I wasn't able to like I didn't have it all figured out by the you know by the time the big reveal, I guess, happened. So that was good. It kept me, you know, in suspense a little bit. Um, on that, the story was, was original enough that I was like, okay, this, I can, this is okay with me. It didn't ruin the ride at all. Um, and the hokey jokes and, and that stuff. Um, a ride I've ridden a hundred times and just rode my last, you know, a month ago. Um, on my last trip. So, um, but yeah, if you're looking for something to watch new and you have Disney Plus, doesn't cost you anything extra now. So I would watch it. Um, if you're any type of Disney fan, you'll you'll get it. So, <sighs> did you guys happen to watch the Spider-Man trailer? Either one of you? No. Nope. No. I just I don't. I I don't want to watch them this late. I still saw screenshots here and there go across my timeline. Mm-hmm. It look. Uh, I hate the lighting. I'll tell you that. Like every screenshot I see is like 
freaking daylight poorly just not it's like Cliff's it doesn't look good <laughs> yeah i don't know it just doesn't look you guys want to come over and make a spider-man movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> you got a ring light we're good yeah. <laughs> i just i don't know that's just a small complaint but I, who knows what's gonna i'm obviously gonna watch it i hope it's good i hope i have good news after i see it i hope you do too hey i uh read a whole this whole stack of books here mm. i've got so one of them has to do with some tv book it yeah let's book it here children who love to read can grow to new heights expand their knowledge by discovering new worlds stretch their imagination by reaching for the stars book it is a reading incentive program that encourages young people to read support your children's participation in their school's book it program or to find out how to enroll their school write to this address when your child loves to read almost anything can happen so a couple of them have something to do with tv so there's a amazon prime i show. only read things that have to do with tv <laughs> yeah <laughs> i uh amazon prime the fantasy series uh, here's the first book eye of the world from the wheel of time series so uh, every book in this series is like 650 pages I don't, and they, I don't think they all necessarily need to be that long, but that guy was dedicated to them being that big. Anyway, I've seen a lot of advertising for this. They, they're putting a lot of eggs in this, this basket to have it. Yeah, I they must have a legion of fans out there. Yeah, I, I mean, apparently it's one of the most beloved fantasy series of all time. And I mean, I'd heard of it here and there, but never read it in fact you know very didn't and know on my other arm i've got a new yeah now i have the wheel <laughs> but anyway anyway what he's going to it's for. definitely i i was like i was like okay i want to watch this show but i want to be a smug book reader so i need right. to read some of the books so i read the first book and the second book great hunt and i feel like that should prepare me up except the the series is 14 books. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Too many books. Too, too many books. Too <laughs> many books. Um, you can only be so smug. You can't be 14 uh, books smug. I got, uh, yeah, we'll see how smug I allow myself to get. It's fine. The books are pretty good. Uh, but they're, it's so, we were talking about Dune influencing everything. These, these books are like, obviously heavy heavily influenced by dune and there's a whole just just like the benny jesuit from dune the, there's the ice sedai and the wheel of time and it's women are the powerful you know be, they can do the magic you know and except there is you know could be a guy that might be able to do it too i mean it's just like big time dune <laughs> and uh Anyway, some of that big dune energy does have some big dune energy. It also, I could, I honestly, it it heavily influenced the the wheel of time heavily influenced Dragon Age. Who, whenever they created Dragon Age, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much Dragon Age in this. 
kind of threw me for a loop that I'd never really heard of it much. Anyway, it uh, the show came out today, and it was really good. I was very good news, got very pleasantly surprised. The effects were they they threw money at it, and it actually hit the screen. The effects were really cool. Um, the music was good. The casting was good. Um, Rosamund Pike plays the main um, Ice Sedai, like the Rebecca Ferguson type character from Dune. Um, and she's great. Like, so it's funny because there's like a couple different speeches from the book that she says in the show. And it's like, wow, she does, she's really good at this she she did a great job so they dropped the first three episodes today and i was the first one was the best but overall i'm very impressed with what they were able to pull it's not game of thrones but it's it's not very many steps below that as far as a fantasy series adaptation i think fans will be happy with it as far as you you know they might they changed a few minor things uh, they kind of created more of a mist, like more of a mystery about like there is supposed to be a someone had been born who is the dragon reborn. The person people are someone has been reborn and is going to save the world type thing, and they don't know who it is, and they kind of create a bigger mystery about it in the show than they do in the first couple books of the series, but. For all I know, that it changes somewhere through the book series. I don't know. Anyway, if you're having any interest in it, I I think it's worth checking out. If you're a fantasy fan, it's pretty cool. The other stuff I read, I'm going to surprise you, Jordan, because these are all things you've been reading, I believe. I read Friday. Did you read this? Yes. Tell us about it. What is it? Uh, it's another one in that uh, genre that has just recently become a genre of, of former like kid detective stories, yeah. like Encyclopedia Brown or any of those who are set after all that, where they've grown up. So we've we've come across a few films and stories like that. So this is in that same vein as a yeah. comic book. Ed Brubaker. And Marcos Martin or Martin um, from uh, Private Eye and stuff. Uh, I thought it was really good. Look, it's like first volume of three. I think it's it's on that panel syndicate, so it's a web strip. Oh, you you can probably read ahead. It's been coming out. Yeah, I'm sure there's more online. It's one of those pay what you want sort of things, like a. Yeah, I, yeah, collects uh, yeah, the first three chapters. A girl comes back to her hometown after, you know, and and he said it's kind of the perpetually the early 1970s of his childhood, the writer. And it's, you know, the, the fashion and the technology, everything's a little bit, it's a Riverdale kind of feel. Everything's yeah. a little bit antiquated, but that, that gives us a nice uh, aura to it. Uh, the other thing, it was good. The other thing I read. I went and read through yeah. the whole Hawkeye nice. thing to prepare for 
the new show. I'm about all hyped up. halfway through. Yeah. Good job, bro. <laughs> it's great. It's good stuff. Matt Fraction. You know, uh, it's good. Good stuff. So now I, we're going to get all the references that they put in there. <laughs> so that's the end of the month. Uh, next, uh, next week next wednesday next week this oh. week this week is this out. week sorry yeah <laughs> okay sorry yes yeah. the future um <laughs> but uh very hyped about that and, and fi- i feel like finally we're gonna get what Jer- jeremy renner is gonna shine in this kind of hawkeye you know so this is this i i expect this to be i'm very excited about it. i don't know i, I don't, don't think it's gonna be the greatest thing ever but if they get anywhere close to the vibe of the of the comic, and I love that it's going to be Christmassy, and uh, you know, show show mm. what it's like to be the human Avenger that takes bumps and bruises, and what's happening between his very important missions and things. You know, very very excited about that. And the last thing I read was all of the Marvels. Wow. Did you finish that? Yeah, I brought it to the store. I was going to let you borrow it, but you oh, jumped and got I, I, I just, I <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I had to read it because <laughs> I like comics history and stuff. And this guy read all the Marvels. And I thought it was good. It was really good. You know what? It's like half a million pages worth of artwork over yeah, that's crazy. decades and decades and decades. I wasn't sure what to expect, how he was going to attack it, you know, I honestly thought he was going to give me all the cosmic history and, you know, because, and that was not what it was. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was at the dawn of time, the the celestials existed, or if it was going to be the 1950s were a time of atomic energy. Like I didn't know whether it was comic nerd history or American history. And it wasn't really either of them. It was, it's very geared toward newer readers or or rookie readers. Like if you want to dive in, because it, I talk to people all the time who are intimidated. What should I read first? Where should I start? What should I, you know, what's a good place to dive into this? And his, he has a good answer of like, it doesn't matter everywhere. You got to dive in somewhere. There's so he, he kind of gives you a few roadmaps and a few options of things to do and made some connections. I hadn't really thought about before. So I, I definitely, it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be, but I, I definitely enjoyed the book. Yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed it and it, yeah it was much more of the things i knew about you know but that's kind of comforting anyway you read something you're like ah, i know what he's talking about here i can remember these stories and he's yeah like you said tying things together and going through like character some of the big characters and their whole story you know just like all the main beats of their story and it's like like Spider-Man, for instance, just going through that whole that whole chapter of everything. Is, it really kind of makes the world smaller for that character. You get a you get it, it feels more because sometimes I'm like, like I really like Spider-Man. Okay, I'm not, <laughs> but it's like it feels overwhelming, and he makes it not yeah. feel overwhelming yeah. to talk about what has happened it's like yeah when you really go through the main beats of spider-man it's not there's yeah that that was one of the things you know for me feeling like i have a pretty good handle of spider-man's history the way he broke it down i had literally never thought of before 
yeah. of there being segments of his life where when he's a kid, the first hundred issues, it's all about father figures. All, you know, J. Jonah Jameson and living, missing Uncle Ben, Norman Osborn, Doc Ock, like every he's he's looking for a father figure and they all turn out to be villains and he, he can't connect with anybody. And then the second chapter of his life is all about himself and shadow versions of himself, the Venom symbiote, the clone saga, all this stuff of like, who, who is he as a character? And then the third later segment is like the family meeting miles, settling down with Mary Jane, having the spider verse, all the, you know, him being a, and on the Avengers, like being settled. So it's like childhood, young adulthood, and then adulthood of like, and no, no one set out to like. I'm go- now. It's time for a new epic of yeah. Spider-Man. Like yeah. that just happens through hundreds of creators and years and years of continuity, and it just sort of forms. What he's saying is, this is like nothing else in the world of art. Right. Film can't do this. TV can't do this. Novels can't do that. Like it, it just, it's an organic, ever-growing, ever-changing story that's still just one thing. It's yeah. still just one story. That's amazing. It is. It really, it makes you like, I remember a guy years ago I used to work with. Um, this was, yeah, this was like towards the beginning of, you know, back when Iron Man came out and stuff like that, people were getting a little excited about comic stuff and he was asking me things and he was like so jealous. He was like, I wish that I had all those years of experience with this. Like he wanted to know about it, but he knew that it was just like, he can't go back and have read all those comics. I was like, and I remember being like, you don't have to just, you know, just start reading some stuff, you know, like you can't possibly, no one can just go back and do it all. Even though this guy did, did it. But it's like, but it's like you don't have. But he to. didn't. It was his mission was not smugness like yours, right? <laughs> he didn't seem like he, he was very blasé of like, yeah, this kind of sucked and this was fun and then, you know, this yeah. is pointless. And I really like the story about his kid at the end of like sharing some of this stuff with his kid who never really showed interest right. in comics. Yeah, that was very interesting. Meanwhile, I would walk into your store with my kid and he would just go sit down <laughs> and didn't give a crap. <laughs> There was a time when he would get this uh, Franklin Richards because they were like Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, yeah. And he loved Calvin and Hobbes. But that's just so funny. You never know. You can't force anything on your kids. They don't, they're not going to like it. Um, and it, I thought it was funny, though. The uh, he, I like his theory about the one character that the Marvel Universe was about being Linda Carter. Yeah. <laughs> The the nurse, not not Wonder Woman. Uh, Cliff's yeah. eyes brightened up. Not Wonder Woman. Oh. Not Ly. Uh, he lost. Linda Carter, the nurse. They uh, be like the night nurse, and you know, in there, but just because they had those like comics could have been about anything. Like they they just happened to be about superheroes, but originally they were like girls gonna be nurses and going well, to school that's the other thing that really blew my mind is how that had never occurred to me that idea that you know before 1961 and fantastic four marvel had been producing comics for a decade that had nothing to do with superheroes right jack kirby steve ditko stan lee they've been doing monster comics humor comics romance comics war comics 
And his theory is like all of those and that decade of experience is what fed into Fantastic Four and Super. They didn't set out to make a superhero comic. They make you know they in the superhero genre they added the humor and the romance and the monsters. Like they they did every genre. Yeah. And that's why it worked so much. And that why it wasn't as square and, you know, wrote as some of the DC stuff was at that time. And that it, you know, it had, they had quips of, of the humor and they had, you know, horror comics. And like that's and exactly why comics. I love it. Was, it was a little bit yeah. of everything. It's exactly why I preferred Marvel because it was not so dry yeah. to me. And the, but I love the idea. He's just like, we could totally, he's like, I could totally see us this many years later being so breaking down the, be, being so invested in all the different nursing school <laughs> comics that would be a whole u- universe of yeah. nursing <laughs> comics. Uh, anyway, it was a really good book and I would recommend it to any level of comic reader. Like, like you're saying, a new, this would be a great guide to a new comic reader to see, read these chapters of which, which character is interesting to you. And, um, they easily go find those stories and things. I thought he did a really good job. And there's a little bit of that, like mapping a few things like the, uh, the famous issue in Fantastic Four, they go back to Egypt and fight Ramatut. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, 10 years later, the Avengers went to the same place and it becomes that like Back to the Future 2. Oh, yeah. How many people are here at this time, you know, watching Marty yeah. McFly? You know, like it's this, these central points, they come back to and they build on and they retcon and they change. And it, that was a nice example to show like that one little moment in ancient Egypt has been, has been, <laughs> played over and over about 25 times in, in, in the history. Yeah, it's great. Really good stuff. All right. That's it. That's all the books. And that's all the books you got? Yeah, about 3,000 pages or something. But some of it's <laughs> comics. <laughs> well, the only other thing I really watched um, in the last couple weeks was... Uh, Young Justice Season 4, Young Justice Phantoms, has come out on HBO Max. I don't know, I don't think either one of you guys have watched any of this show, but it has a, uh, it's had a pretty big following. Um, it's done a nice job of, because it's been several years since Season 1 now, um, it's kind of grown up, I feel like. It's grown up with a lot of the audience i think as it's went on so um they've got i think four episodes out as of now but uh, i made a comment to you guys this week because i started watching it and uh they they've done a really nice job dealing with some heavier issues so far this season like they've touched on some stuff before but there's a lot of uh a lot of bigotry and racism that takes place um as a couple miss martian and uh, Superboy travel to Mars, um, her back to her home planet, and there's a lot of racism going on between white and green Martians, and you know their uh, roles in society and how one kind of has held the other one down and stuff. So, um, and they've worked some other stuff in there with some PTSD stuff with Beast Boy, and there's some there's a pretty big plot point that happens um with one of the characters all in the same time where we're getting a story um 
kind of a B story currently with uh, Artemis back on Earth uh, going up against the League of Shadows. Um, they have kidnapped Orphan, and she's trying to is dealing with a couple of former League of Shadows people that come to her for help when she knows one of them's a mole and they have to go find Orphan and try and rescue her and stuff. So, um, very, like I said, it's grown up a lot. There's a lot more um, adult themes in it, but it's really, for a cartoon show, it's been really good. I'm really glad it's on HBO Max now because they can do a little bit more with it. But uh, And there's probably more people finding it. Probably more people finding it. Yes, that's true. Uh, season one originally ran on Cartoon Network. Then it was brought back two or three years later um, on the now defunct DC Universe app. And uh, that was kind of their big thing. One of their big things they announced with that with, with that app was they were bringing that show back. And season two was really good. They, it was Blue Beetle focused. That's when they introduced the light and the reach, uh, it was a really good season, really, um, written well and thorough. And then last season, they tried to introduce a bunch, uh, outsiders. They did introduce some newer characters and it just didn't, it wasn't as familiar, uh, for me. And so I didn't like it as much. Like I still recognized it was pretty good. Um, but it just wasn't. I don't think it was really what I was looking for. Uh, whereas this season has been much better. So that's how, if you have HBO Max, go watch season four of Young Justice. Highly recommend it. I, I almost forgot to bring up the most important bit of TV news I wanted to talk about. was a Taco Bell commercial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the Fox animated shows on Sunday night. I had taped them. I was fast forwarding to watch the Great North that the mm-hmm. the, the animation show from Bob's Burgers creators, and I'm fast forwarding through the commercials. So they're zipping by, zipping by, zipping by, and something caught the corner of my eye, and I said, "Wait, well, huh?" And I rewound it. I'm like, "Okay, so we we get a commercial from Taco Bell for the double steak grilled cheese burrito, and they've done one of these before. It's like a girl meets a guy on the beach." No, wait, she's hungry for tacos. So she leaves him and goes to Taco Bell instead. Ha ha, that's funny. This one was a cosplayer at a train station. And she she sees another guy dressed in the same costume. It's a meat cute. Oh, wait, no, she wants taco meat instead. So she goes to to Taco Bell and gets a burrito. And I thought, okay, that's weird cosplay. Why does that look familiar? She has ears and horns. That kind of looks like... So I rewind it again. And she's holding a shield with a bat, the face of a bat on it, which is the exact logo from Saga. I'm like, this is not an approximation. This is exactly Marco Marco from Saga. And so I had to rewind it again. I'm like, wait, what is happening? Am I asleep? Yeah. It's like, is this a dream? Yeah. When you shared that, I was just like, I, it just like it was like if they were using to me. I mean, it felt like is that the Kapow logo? What you know? It's like what it just seemed impossible that yeah. it was happening because you could do a fairy wings and whatever. Like you could do any kind of generic cosplay. Why do this? 
So I watch it one more time and I pause on the fine print and it says copyright saga 2021 mm. Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. Like they paid for this copyrighted character, but it didn't say read saga from image comics. Like it was not a commercial for saga. It was for tacos. Oh yeah. It was Taco Bell coming to them, you know? Yeah. But also that book is the least commercial. I mean, it's a huge bestseller, but like, I mean, I guess they do have some action figures and T-shirts and stuff, but, like, it's not all over. It's not Spawn. It's not, like, a, a, I don't know. It's not It doesn't make any thing. sense. It doesn't make been, any sense. And I don't know that Brian K. Vaughn has a big social media presence. Like, I've, I've Googled it a couple times looking. I just saw a few articles. Like, yeah, that's weird. Saw I follow him on Instagram, and he hadn't put anything about it. So, yeah, I would love to hear the story of how this came to be or why this came to be. But... He's still hung up that they canceled Why the Last Man. <laughs> it's what it but is. It's just like, he's, he's I, I, just, I, I don't know whether it's just they like, they, they saw that cos, somebody cosplayed as Marco, and they were like, there, we want to use that. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I don't know, but. It, it is, it's yeah. again we don't have any perspective i this is one of those things where it's just like i people don't know about this right yeah. <laughs> but well, it's, it's like you huge. know okay it's got us talking about it but yeah wh- how many more people are tweeting about it or talking about tacos that if you had just used something generic i don't i don't i don't know i don't think anybody got anything out of it but we were just like what <laughs> yeah it was though. like it was like 11 at night I'm like, I have to post this. I don't even care if anybody sees it, but I have to record that this happened. For yeah, right. <laughs> so when it's huge later, because someday Saga will be something in the mainstream, I would yeah. assume. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. He's still skeptical. He just watched the goddamn yeah. Taco Bell commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still like, nope. If, if Taco Bell <laughs> and mainstream, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> I only eat artisanal tacos <laughs> that you've never heard of. <laughs> Speaking of one more superhero show I'll get to, uh, mm. the finale of Supergirl. Oh, six the series. Seasons, mm-hmm. I stuck with it. I watched all six seasons this You're last dedicated. few. I fast forwarded through quite a bit of it. Looking yep. for commercials I want to see. But, so, but I stuck it out. I wanted to stick through the end. I was committed enough to it, and I will say, super strong ending. Oh, last I bet nobody else has used that adjective. Yeah, well, <laughs> super. Uh, this last season was all about Nixley, who was like some cousin of Mister Mixius Pidlick, some fifth, another fifth dimensional imp that was a female villain. And it, there were these totems. They had to get all the totems to form a one soul something or other. it was basically infinity gauntlet mm-hmm. and if you got the love and hope and whatever token toman uh, totems yeah. all together you would have ultimate power over human you form bebo exactly bebo shows up care bear stare happens and, and the world mm-hmm. ends. but so this it was it made no sense lex luther fell in love with her they had like a team up between lex and nixley whatever it doesn't matter but the finale it built there was a big two-part finale and as Lex and Nix are launching their final assault, um, the, you know, these imps can change reality. So they, they were able to bring in a whole bunch of old villains. Metallo showed up, the Parasite, Red Tornado, the Red Sun Supergirl. So we got callbacks to all these villains from previous seasons. Was it the bad Red Tornado from the first? Yes. Oh, yeah, my God. Evil, 
Evil why, Red Tornado. Why would yeah. they ever bring that back? <laughs> Nostalgia, baby. Oh, that was. Remember how <laughs> terrible that was with the yeah, red but, makeup and. Yeah, oh it was just for. It wasn't a long. It was a very short uh, little fight scene. But uh, so on the good guy side, Monel came back from the future. Mm-hmm. Win came back. Remember he had. Yeah. The tech guy had jumped to the future. Sexy James Olsen returned. Nice. Drop that. In- right I, I read books and work out. James Olsen. Okay, it's okay. I can be trusted with the big secret. Meet him back at the office. James Olsen. You like James Olsen. James Olsen. I, I read books and work out. In his shape from Mortal Kombat, the guy is jacked. He is enormous. He's Uh, super sexy, James Olsen. Yes, he is. He is super. So (laughs) he came back for a while. And then the biggest return, Callista Flockhart. I was just going to ask that. Yes. It was obvious she she wasn't even on the same continent as them. It was all filmed on green screen. She was on a telephone. Kara, I gotta get in touch with you. Like there was a whole, it was just her on a t- on a telephone. But it was fun to see her again. She mm-hmm. she kind of made that whole first season, whatever. But I'll get the best, the worst moment or cameo. Uh, Helen Slater came back as their mom, and obviously played Supergirl in the '80s movie. And they're all fighting. She she got a shotgun. She's shooting a shotgun. She's like. You'd think in another world, I was Kryptonian. And Alice kind of winks and goes, only in the movies, Mom. It's like, oh, stop it. That's not good. But anyway, so the so we have these cheesy moments. We have these callbacks. We have these uh, cameos. It's anything you'd expect in a, in a finale of a show. But then it, it turned so hard that the whole point of this show, the girl power stuff, the feminism... You know, the, the uh, people said it's become too political. Like, that's been the whole show for the last four seasons. Yeah. But the main thrust of it is that the whole idea of becoming your authentic self, not living a lie, you know, being who you are, being proud of who you are and not ashamed. And that's been Alex's whole journey coming out as a lesbian from the mm. early days of the show uh, when Dreamer came in as a trans person, there was a whole storyline with her sister because the power of the dreamer is passed down from mother to daughter. And so this sister had trained her whole life to get it. And it went to, it went to Nia instead. And at Mm. one point her sister yells, you're not even a real woman. And so that estranges the two. So the whole, the sisters have to come back and work things out and, you know, and prove this whole family bond and all this stuff. And Alex and her girlfriend or fiance adopt this little girl, Esme, who is an alien, who's got these powers that are out of control and can't handle. And so Supergirl uh, advocates to put power dampeners on her because that's what they did for her. Because when she was young, her powers were out of control and she was afraid she'd hurt someone. And Alex is like, we're not doing that to my child. We're not going to tell her she's wrong or that she's broken in some way. Like she is who she is and she's going to live her life that way authentically. And it's like, holy cow, every, every character gets that arc in this show about being themselves. 
And at this point, Supergirl is still putting on her glasses and going to work and pretending to be Kara. And that's what that's what Cat Grant calls her out of. It's like, you are the only one not being authentic. You are living a lie and it's hurting yourself. And you're you're not living your life to the full potential. And she, at one point she's like, that a super, a secret identity is stupid. Stop it. <laughs> and so uh, this show ends basically throwing the whole superhero convention on its head saying that whole I am Iron Man thing. She's like, you know, to be my, fully myself, I have to come out and be both halves of my personality to the world. And it like, it kind of like says these last six seasons have been a mess and I've been doing it wrong. I'm, I'm being a superhero wrong. And here's how to do it better. Instead of fighting, I should be an inspiration. And it's like, it was really bold to come out and say, you know, that the, the, the whole idea of superheroes, there's something inherently kind of off about it. And there's a better way we could be doing this if we would just try. But then again, you know, then it ends immediately. We don't have to try to do it that way. We don't have to try to make an interesting show about a well-adjusted person. So we can, we can just end on a hopeful note. We don't have to actually do the hard work. But I applaud it for, for trying and taking such a huge swing at the end of this long run of a show that was frustrating more often than not. But yeah. did, did something truly original in the <laughs> CW superhero genre, for sure. Yeah, well, yeah, it reminds me of that that first season that was on, it was on CBS. Yeah. It was a completely different show. And, you know, CBS had all the money to put into it. And they had the big, you know, had a big name on it. And then, and I, I didn't like that first season at all. I thought the show was terrible. And then it went to CW and you know, a year or two into CW and it did, it it had started, it was a different show. Yeah, for sure. And it was for the better. So the CW has done, um, some nice things with, with those themes on, on a lot of their shows, but I'm glad that Supergirl finally, you know, that in a lot of ways, it may have been some of the best soup had some of the best superhero moments on that network. So good on them. And it ends in a way, nothing is super final. She could still show up in one of the crossovers mm-hmm. or on Superman and Lois. Like she doesn't fly off to some other planet or whatever. So she's still around. It was just kind of a happy ending for everybody. Told the story that it wanted to tell. Right. Well, I think it's going to be another uh, super long episode here. Uh, like we've been doing lately. So we've just had so much to talk about. So anybody got anything else? Nope. Okay. Unless you want to talk Tiger King season two. I am not watching that unless somebody freaking <laughs> clockwork oranges me. I never watched the first one, but it uh, was the you're biggest better thing. off for it. Yeah, yeah. It was the biggest thing in the world. Um, I actually, after we got home from the movies last night, we were just sitting around looking for something to turn on. And, uh, I turned on episode one. We watched a few minutes of it. It was terrible. Um, I could whatever. not care less about those people. I, I have such a bad <laughs> taste in my mouth about well, how anybody could watch that. It's just like, it's like they started all this. Yeah. It feels like that started all this. 
we were we were a cap we were a captive audience when that yeah, thing who, came out. Who was nostalgic for that point? Who right. wants to relive exactly. those early right. days of the pandemic? We were all stuck in a lockdown, and that was the, like one of the very few things new that was out and gave people something entertainment to talk about. And if anything, never needed a season two. It was probably this damn show. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's plenty more. There's always some new show debuting or streaming or uh, whatever networking, uh, and we'll 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 catch as many as we can. We might miss a few, but we'll uh, we'll be back with more as soon as we can. How was that for a wrap up? Did that yeah, make any sense? That works. Okay, mm. let's go home. Yeah. Good night, everybody. My name is Jordan. Cliff Barnes. I'm already home. Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at the Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow the Pop Culture Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KPP for special content and access to Patreon-only benefits. We are grateful for anyone who chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will remain free. So please continue to like, comment, and share.